Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of The Dad Podcast. I am Jeff Turn. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks to all that have been listening. The numbers have been much better than I ever thought. This was going to be a passion project, along with the List Podcast and the Big Ten Show. And it has just continued to grow. Uh, last week, we had my son Mauer on. He's five. I anticipate our guest today will be a little bit more eloquent and have longer answers, but we'll have to wait and see. As University of South Dakota Athletic Director David Herbster joins us today. David, you got some big shoes, or in his case, some small shoes to fill. As Maurer was on last week, welcome into the Dad Podcast, brought to you by the Mancelot. How are you doing today, buddy? Thanks, Jeff. No, doing really good. Glad to be here with you. This will be a, a different interview than I've ever done in the past. Um, so looking forward to it. I'll have to screen it first before I let my my, my kids know that I did this. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. It's like hard knocks. You can have final say on what we actually run. Um, first of all, for all the listeners out there, they know you're an athletic director at USD. But tell us about your family, kids, and wife at home. Sure. Uh, my wife and I have been married for going on 26 years now, uh, and I've got three daughters. Um, one is the oldest one, Morgan. She's 24. She's a uh, nurse in the NICU at Sanford in Sioux Falls. Uh, my middle one, Casey, is entering her last semester at Concordia University in St. Paul. She played soccer there for her first three-plus years. And my youngest one, the baby, uh, Leah, uh, is going to is just graduate high school and will be a freshman at Simpson College in the fall. So, so, they, uh, so, so were you guys that. trying to, to have a boy at some point, or was this just like after three, you put the kibosh on hot? So for us, we had three boys, and my wife at no point was like, hey, we need to have a girl or anything. But after the third one, we're like, no more, man. We can't have any more humans in our house. They, that, that, that was a little part of it. I think both of us had had, had wanted a boy. Uh, you know, you kind of balance things out a little bit. You know, and after the after Lee was born, I think, you know, as we talked about it, the desire for a boy was outweighed by the thought of having another girl. And so we said, you know what, at some point in time, three's good. I mean, anymore, we, we were happy with that. And um, as it stands, all three of them have me wrapped around their fingers. So I can't imagine having one more have me wrapped around their fingers. So, Yeah, I know how that goes, man. Uh, my guys are eight, five, and four. And this morning, I was already out and like, you know, we're, we're working, doing stuff in the morning, but we were already checking on a caterpillar we left we let back into the wild last night we were uh doing swings in the yard and somehow i convinced my five-year-old to grab a garbage bag and clean up the backyard for a trip to the gas station and a treat so i got cheap labor out there right now working for me in our backyard um i i know how it's like to raise three boys to this point uh but three girls what's that dynamic like for a dad uh, versus, you know, when you got three boys, you sort of know what you're doing with a lot of the things that you're doing for having three girls. How much do you have to lean on your wife? How much did you learn in the early years and how did that change as they got older? Boy, that's a great question. I think certainly leaning on my wife for a lot of that. Um, there are certain things uh, throughout the process uh, that as a, as a dad, you just don't have the experience because you didn't have to deal with that growing up. And so Kelly handled, my wife Kelly handled a lot of those things. I think the one thing that I really did along the way is just trying to provide that structure, that organization of it, that accountability. Now, when they're four years old, that's out the window. So <laughs> just try to, these are the rules, we'll follow the rules. Um, and, and, and as they got older, um, you know, I had a little bit of a different perspective, especially once they started dating. And oh. it's, it's trying to provide some insight um, and some guidance. But again, I wouldn't get a lot of information from them. They were more apt to talk to 
my wife than they would be to talk to me about that stuff. Um, even to this day, even my middle one would be is hard pressed. I had to press her a little bit because her, 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 her sisters called her out on the fact that she had been seeing somebody, but I had uh -huh. nothing and she didn't want to talk about it. But then once <laughs> we did, it just, the floodgates opened. And so I think I just always tried to be there as a sounding board, not really judge. Cause I also, throughout the process, I also coached all three of them in basketball. So there's a little bit of a different dynamic there. So um, my advice is just from, a, especially with girls, because it gets, I think what I've seen throughout the process is, especially as social media has crept in and more so my, my younger, my oldest one just started to get through it. The younger two really grew up with it. And that's a challenge for, for especially females right now on yeah. where they draw a sense of their self-worth is what they see on social media. And then um, just in a lot of cases, that's how they communicate with each other or they, you're, you're, you're in a crowd, you're out of a crowd. Um, I've really seen how some of those dynamics can affect their own sense of self-worth uh, positively and neg negatively as well. Yeah, man, certainly a different world than it was uh, raising kids 20 years ago from the social media standpoint. Almost every dad that I've had on this show has brought that up in some form or fashion, whether it's introducing them to social media as youngsters or having to deal with it throughout. Now, were you one of those dads when, when you were meeting the boyfriend that you were like the cool, calm, collected guy, or did you point to your shotgun above the mantle? Like, what was the, the philosophy <laughs> as far as when you met the boyfriends? It's interesting because, okay, so, and you know, and you know me, so I'm six nine. Yeah. So all I try I'd be to do scared is, anyways, right? Like, ah. I just, I just answered the door. <laughs> I just made sure I was the one that was there. That's great. That's easy enough, right? Yeah. Come on in, man. I can squish you with one hand. I'm six nine. Yeah. Watch out, man. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I just, I just tried to, you know, welcome and welcome them in and just have a conversation with them. A lot of times, especially at that age, they don't know what to say or what to do around parents anyway. And so just tried to, I didn't judge. I wasn't, I wasn't overbearing. I just, you know, we, um, were probably more or less, and, and they, you meet them, you greet them, you might talk briefly, but then they go off and do their own things and stuff like that. So, um, but as you get to know them and they're around more and you understand what their, their intentions are, are you serious or you're not? And yeah, you know, I, we had a couple there that you start to develop a good relationship with. So it was, sure. Early on, you don't have to say much. Um, at least I didn't. But again, I, I would also say my my girls, for the most part, did a pretty good job of finding people. And like I always told them, find someone that's going to treat you well. Uh, find someone that's going to respect you. Uh, find somebody who wants you for what you are, not what you can do for them. That's a great that's a great way to put it, man. David Herbster with us here, USD Athletic Director, as we are hanging out on the Dad Podcast, brought to you by the Man Salon, and uh, check out the Man Salon. Throughout the South Dakota area, themansalon.net, franchise opportunities right now for you to become an entrepreneur. Listen, um, the sports part of it, I think, is such a big part of my life and yours. You mentioned you coached your daughters, all three of them, in basketball. How did you handle the expectations? Because I think if if I was your kid, I think there's built-in expectations. My dad's an athletic director. I got to make it to the highest level. Um, I gotta, I, I, I'm around these people that are at the highest level. But how did you curtail that? How did you present that as they were going through youth sports? I think the one thing that Kelly and I try to do is make sure if you're doing something, do it for the reasons you want to do it, not because you think I played basketball. My wife 
played soccer and ran track in college as well. So I think part of it was just trying to temper their expectations of what we expected out of them. And all I've ever asked of them is whatever you do, do it with a full and a whole heart, not because you think you should. Uh, you've got to have a passion for it if you want to if you want to move in any any direction. And I think they found a right balance. I was never one. I was never overbearing, uh, pushing them so hard. Uh, I wanted them to make sure that they did it because they wanted to do it, not because they thought I wanted them to do it. And I think that helped them all and it, it helped them find a little bit of balance. Uh, they're all intense competitors. Um, and that wasn't anything. I think they, they, they just learned that from themselves um, that, you know, there's always a little bit of, especially with sisters, one wants to be better than the other. Sure. So there's that competition there that I think also spilled over into athletics. All right. Which one started beating you, you know, driving to the lane, take it, which, which one was first to start to say, all right, I'm getting a little old. I can't play him one-on-one -on -one anymore. I had probably my middle one, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, she's got fire in her. She's, uh, there's a point in time where you're like, look, I'm, I'm getting to the point. I don't want to blow an Achilles trying to guard you on the perimeter. <laughs> I'm that way now, man. They got me out in the driveway with the neighbor kids and I messed up my knee a handful of years ago. And like, I'm just so worried that I'm going to mess it up again. Uh, and, and it's like three on one. And now my five-year-old is finally getting to that point where sports are something he wants to do. So I was only having to beat one kid and his friends. Now Maurer's getting involved too. And Griffey's like out there cheering against me as a four-year-old. So I got the whole neighborhood against me, including my own kids. And, and speaking of that, as they get older, and I think, you know, when you when you first start having kids, a lot of people would probably agree with me, and maybe you will, flying by the seat of your pants, man. You just, you, you, you're kind of doing what you thought your parents did or what you think or what you read. How have you changed as a dad from when they were in elementary school to now as they as they're adults? Boy, you're right, because when they're young, OK, I'll, I'll give you a quick analogy. And, and, and we changed a little bit, I think, with um, what do you do for them? What do you provide for them? What do you let them do for themselves? When our first our oldest was born and, you know, there's a gate by the stairs so they can't go down the <laughs> stairs. Yeah. The first time I think she went through the gate, I think my wife and I might have beat her to the bottom of the stairs, making sure <laughs> she's OK. Right. And the second one fell down the stairs. Um, however, that happened. You wait till she got to the bottom and then you were on your way. When the third one went through that gate, we just waited to see if, if she was crying and whether or not we were going to get up or not. I mean, I so think yeah, yeah. you get to understand when you're first a parent, everything is an emergency. I remember when the first time our daughter slept through the night, my wife and I was about five thirty or six o'clock. We, we, you know, we started to wake up and you're like neither one of us got up in the middle of the night and, and you're scared and you run into the, to the see room. See if they're breathing, sure they're still, right? Yeah. Make sure they're still breathing. Um, so everything is so new. Uh, you have no idea what you're doing, even though we can talk to our parents and ask them, you're really right there in the middle of it. So I think we got, um, we're, I'm not saying we're veterans, but you certainly get to that point where you, you, you've got to let them make some mistakes. You've got to let them experience some things as well. And I think from when they were little to where they are now, I guess the things that we instilled in them early, I feel confident that they'll make the right choices. Maybe not all the time, but they definitely know the difference between right and wrong. Um, and at that point, when you make a choice, you have to be accountable to your actions, positive or negative. Yeah, you bring up a, a great analogy there. I think the sleeping thing is the one that like, you know, that that third one when they're sleeping through the night, you're just happy that the other two are too. And like, I think I checked on my my third one, Mauer. I mean, my third one, Griffey, like maybe twice when he was sick or something to make sure he's okay. Beckham, I'd sit there and I'd watch that damn video thing that they got, and, and you got the camera in the thing, and you're like seeing 
can I get a breath? Can I get a breath? Can I see that his body is moving a little bit? And you don't want to go in there and wake him up because they're finally sleeping. But like at the same time, I watched that stupid little video thing (laughs) so much for Beckham, Uh, Maurer and Griffey, not so much, but you're right, man. That's how it goes. I mean, Maurer popped out his front three teeth and like, um, they all straight popped out. We didn't have to have surgery. It was it was a it was a blessing. But he hasn't had teeth since he was like four, and they won't grow in for a couple of years. If that would have happened to Beckham, I would have been paying for you know temporary teeth, and we would have had like you know. A, but Maurer just powered through it. He looks like a hockey right. player, so that's what we've been right. we've been rolling with. David Herbster with us here, USD Athletic Director on the Dad Podcast, iTunes, Spotify. Thanks to all of you that continue to watch and subscribe. And finally, athletic director. I've asked this of coaches, but I haven't had an athletic director on this show. How much of your job is like being a dad in a sense? You know, parents are dropping their kids off underneath your guys' wing within the athletic department. I know the coaches are with them more on a daily basis, but how much of of being a dad and fatherhood has prepared you for this job that you have now? Great question. I think being a dad, and, and especially as I get older, you know, these these um, students and these student athletes that are coming to us now are, especially like this year, are all my, my youngest daughter's age. And so I, it was a while ago that I think I got to the point where once my girls started to get a little bit older, you, your perspective changes, changes in a sense that you look at all these athletes as your children, as your kids. Sure. And I think it's, it's helped me be a better athletic director, um, but it's also, I think, in ways helped me be a better dad. And I've had to have some conversations with coaches to put it in perspective because there's certain times where our athletes will get in trouble and our coaches or maybe a knee-jerk reaction is, let's kick them off the team. That's, that's just wrong. That's unacceptable. But my comment back to them is, look, if this is your son or daughter, do you kick them out of the house for this or do you, or do you look at this as a learning tool or learning opportunity? Let's try to do that. And if you and if there is, you know, the punishment also make sure you understand what's the pathway back. And so I, that's probably helped me the most. And now more so than ever, as, as my girls had, had gone through the recruiting process, um, I always say when I would talk to parents, when their athletes would visit USD, I can appreciate and understand that you're you are entrusting us with your most prized possession and that's your baby and that we're going to take care of them. And it never hit home as much as when my middle one, we were going on campus recruiting visits. Now I'm looking at these campuses from that perspective on who am I going to trust with my baby? (laughs) Yeah. It really kind of brought that one full circle for me. So I think it's helped me a lot on both sides to be, to find some perspective. Hey, uh, I think that's a a wonderful perspective. And and actually one more follow-up to that. I ask this question a lot too, with the coaches that we have on this show, Uh, youth sports, you see it, at the college level, mm-hmm. but is, is youth sports from your perspective, as bad as everyone makes it out to be like, do these kids show up entitled and um, you know, are only focused on one sport or are those the few and far between and more so you guys get a lot of great student athletes and, and it's, it's not as bad as maybe it portrays it at the youth level. The ones that make it to us, I don't think it's as bad. What I do find and what I've seen is that some of them that get to us, you know, after their freshman year, they're done. And it's not because they're burnt, they out. To, they're burnt out that they don't want to play. It's not that they don't want to play or they don't want to compete. And this isn't certainly everybody, but they had got to this point because they were pushed or their expectations on them. And did they really love it? And that's what yeah. I really try to, you know, my girls, I wanted to make sure that in going into college that you really love that you appreciated it. There are going to be sacrifices that you're going to have to make. But sometimes when they get here and they flounder the first year or two, it's not, they just don't really want to do it all. And they had been, had done it for so long because they were pushed or they, they were expected to, 
when you get here and you're at this level, you really have to love it because it is, it's a lifestyle. Certainly is. David Herbster, USD Athletic Director. All right, man, we got the serious stuff out of the way. Very, I, I love that conversation about the three girls because, man, it, it is it is the complete opposite, but yet very similar to what I'm going through with three boys, man. Uh, this is called Rapid Fire, brought to you by the Man Salon. I got 10 questions for you, so we'll run through these. And then we have a fun little thing at the end where we give you three dad jokes. You got to pick which is the best dad joke. But Rapid Fire first, who is the best TV dad of all time? Oh, uh, wow. Now, okay, that's it's supposed to be rapid fire, right? Oh, you can take your time, man. Don't worry. You're not the first. Wow. There's a, there's probably one. Yeah. Cosby's one that's come up, man, all the time. Is that what you Because we had Cosby come up, and then everything that happened, people are like, can I say him? I'm like, well, then it wasn't the problem now. So Bill Cosby's yeah. come up a lot. Uh, <laughs> but there's been plenty of others. We've had some Tim Allens. Uh, we had – actually, my uncle came on this show – Laura Ingle Wilder's dad on the TV show. I don't even know the guy's oh, name. Charles. That was Charles. Yeah. Yeah. On the prairie. yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that one. Charles in Charge was another one. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. Is about, there one? Um, Full House, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. That's a great one yeah. there. That's a good one. All right. Uh, what's the biggest fashion faux pas your children would say you have? Uh, not matching my socks with my outfit. <laughs> I love that. All right. So when you took the kids to movies as children, was dad getting the popcorn or was dad getting the candy for his own snack? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, at the movies. I'm a popcorn guy. Okay. All right. Popcorn, they can have all the candy they want. All right. If you were to have one more kid, boy or girl off the top of your head, what would you name them? Oh uh, boy. It was, we had two picked out. It was either going to be Derek or it was going to be Thomas. Derek so we or compromised Thomas. on we compromised on Derek. So you're Thomas. a Chiefs fan, is what you're telling us. My friends would tell you that, um, and I knew I was going to get a lot of grief if we had a boy and I named him Derek Thomas. As it, as it is, my middle one's named Casey, and I get a lot of grief for that one. That's great, man. All right, number five on the rapid fire. Uh, quick off the top of your head, somebody comes to you, whether it's a, a coach or a former student athlete, and they say. Give me some quick fatherly advice. What would you tell? You know the difference between right and wrong and follow your heart. It's great stuff right there. Um, mini golf or regular golf? Regular golf. Who would you rather have be your dad? Bob Nielsen or Joe Glenn? Joe Glenn. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, because then someone could finally teach me to play the piano. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So I'm, I'm experiencing this now at 38 years old. This is a great question. Um, before, dude, I'd go to bed at 10 o'clock. I'd wake up at 7 o'clock. Now I wake up at like 3.30 and I have to take a pee. Over under one and a half trips to the bathroom in the middle of the night for David Herbster to pee. Over. <laughs> I'm getting there, man. I'm getting there. All right. Um, what's a TV show that you watch now or in the past that someone would know you're a dad? <laughs> the History Channel. <laughs> the whole channel, man. The whole channel. <laughs> the whole channel. Right, when you finally get some time to relax and you get to sit down and be by yourself, whether it's on the deck, whether it's out doing something, what is your adult beverage of choice? Beer. What kind of beer? Uh, probably, I would say an IPA. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. That's a little too manly for me. Give me like a Mick Ultra with some olives and like more olives oh. than beer. Like I'm just, you know, I'm drinking that South Dakota martini. <laughs> All right. Uh, great rapid fire. David Herbs with this USD athletic director. All right. Here's the, the dad jokes of the day. We're going to give you three of them and you got to pick which one you think is the best. Number one, why was Cinderella so bad at soccer? Why? Because she kept running away from the ball. Okay. <laughs> what do elves learn in school? What do elves learn in school? Okay. I don't know. The elf a bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, what did one toilet say to the other? Hmm, I probably can't say that over. <laughs> that could be one, but this one said, you look flushed. <laughs> so is it Cinderella, the elves, or the toilet? What's the best dad joke of the day? I think it's the elves. I think it's number two. That's I think so, too. Play on words. What do elves learn in school? The elf of okay. it. David Herbster, USD Athletic Director, doing an interview he's never done before here on the Dad Podcast, brought to you by The Man Salon, themansalon.net for all your locations, and you can sign up to get your haircuts with their mobile app. David, this was a lot of fun. We've done a lot of interviews together in the past. This was certainly unique. I learned a lot about you, and I think the listeners will as well. Thank you so much, man, for the time today. I truly appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate you breaking me in on my non-athletic interview for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy, man. As another page is heard, turned here on the Dad Podcast, find us all the times. iTunes, Spotify. Until next week, be well, y'all.